Well, this morning, I want to jump into our second part of our Glory and Wonder sermon series. And uh, last week, Pastor Ashley did a great job talking about Herod and the fact he was really near to Jesus, only eight miles away or so, but never chose to go. Instead, he chose to send other people, uh, chose to try to kill Jesus, chose to do a lot of things. And we can be close to Jesus. And even in the church, we can be close to him, but we can also completely miss what he has for us. Right in the room today, we could be sitting here. We might, maybe you've been a part of Radiant Life Church forever. But if we are not connected, if we're not intimate with the God of the universe, then we miss the whole point. And we, we don't just need to be close in proximity, but in who we are. And this morning, we're going to continue that. And maybe, uh, maybe you'd even say, this isn't a very good Christmas sermon. Except I believe that the whole point of Christmas, obviously, is Jesus. And today, we're not going to talk so much about a manger or angels or uh, wise men or shepherds. But we're going to look in John chapter 1 and talk about the Word. The Word who became flesh. The one who dwelt among us. And the importance of the Word. The importance of Jesus. In fact, when I think of Christmas, I uh, probably more and more. I used to be, I think, more Grinchy than I am now, I think. But I, it's not necessarily, I don't need all the lights and all the, the show but it is really fun when you go through neighborhoods and for what feels like specifically in the last year and a half or two uh, with COVID and all that stuff, feels like everyone is like closed up. Like don't come near my house. Don't, you know, none of those sorts of things. At Christmas time, there are lights everywhere. In fact, it feels like there's more lights last year and this year on people's homes than I, I ever remember in my life. And really good displays. And all of a sudden you go into these neighborhoods and it's lit up. And there's lights and there's people and there's all the fun. I love going into stores and restaurants. And not Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby where there, there are Christians that run those places. But stores that... Maybe you wouldn't think that way, that are playing Christmas music. And so often, what is Christmas music? It's Christian music. It's about Jesus. It's, it's talking about who he is. I love that. But Christmas is not lights. It's not trees. It's not gifts. It's not Christian music, Christmas music that's playing in places that it wouldn't normally be. It all goes back to the Word. It's not mangers. It's not straw or hay it's not the things that were just sung about. It all goes back to the Word. It goes back to Jesus. And if we miss the order of what God would have, we miss the order of what should be, then we miss the entirety of what Christmas is all about. And it's just something that just like the lights will go away sometime early in January, it doesn't make a life-altering impact. But when we let the word of God become true, we let Jesus become real in our life, then Christmas isn't only a December thing, but Christmas is all the time. Jesus is all the time. The word is all the time. And today we're going to look at John chapter 1, verses 18. Glory and wonder. To me, the greatest, craziest glory and wonder is that the word was made flesh. Before we jump in anymore, like, if you've been around, if you know me, every time I talk about Christmas, I think the craziest thing to me truly about Jesus is not even that he came and died for us and was the sacrifice, but that he came as a baby. That the God of the universe, 
who one day is at the right hand of the Father, who this plan has been worked throughout history, comes and is placed in a situation to be birthed by a lady, to be in a manger, to be in a place where, what do babies do? They pee and they poop and they cry and they do all the things that your kids or that you did when you were small. Hopefully you don't do those things anymore, right? But when you think of Jesus, he walked through all of these stages from the youngest. Some of our kids that were rolling around the stage or you could tell a couple of them that it was their second time that they were, did it once because they were extra. They're like, this is fun. People cheer and laugh and look and they were having a good time. Right, but Jesus was young. Jesus was in elementary. Jesus was in maybe middle school or high school, how we would think of it, as a young adult. But Jesus did not sin. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus gave everything. And when I think of the God of the universe being made flesh, I think of the early days. What a sacrifice it would be to say, I will go. I will live as a man, as a baby. I will go after the things of God. And as we read through John 1 here, the first, te- first 18 verses throughout this sermon, I pray the Lord will speak to you the power of the word, the power of the word being made flesh. John 1, 1 and 2 say, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was God, or he was in the beginning with God. Right from the beginning, I think there's something to understand that this glory and wonder, the Word made flesh, there's power in the Word. In the beginning was the Word. When we think of this for us, we think of creation. We think of Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 in the Bible. We think of, uh, of a seven days of God creating the earth, creating animals, creating humans, putting us in this place. The Word was before. It is vital that we understand that this is not just something that was put together, but God, the creator of the universe, the creator of our world, was way before earth was ever here, was way before humans were ever put on this planet. He always has been. God, the Word, Jesus, together as one, right from the beginning here, John lays out this picture that is so important for us to understand. In the beginning was the Word. The logos of God was here. In fact, in the ancient Greek, uh, this word logos had deep and rich roots in both Jewish and Greek thinking. Jewish rabbis often referred to God in terms of His Word, of His logos. They spoke of God Himself as the Word of God. The Greek philosophers saw the logos as the power which puts sense into the world, making the world orderly instead of chaotic. The logos was the power that set the world in perfect order and kept it going in perfect order. These Greek philosophers, they may not have had it all right, but they understood what we should understand that today is that the word, that Jesus coming is what puts our world in perfect order. The chaos of our individual lives is only put in order when we come and we let the word of God, who Jesus is, become real and powerful in our life. The only way that Christmas really matters is if it's based on, in our lives, the word on Jesus. 
And in fact, when I sit and I stand here looking out, and I can stand, and over the last few weeks, there's been situations in a church of, of our size, right, there's been situations of people that have physical needs, maybe cancer or disease or maybe relational issues. Maybe there's, there's issues internally or, or addiction issues. Can I say that the only way that things are put in perfect order is when we come and we stand upon the word of God, the truth of God, who he is, and now what he's given to us that we can make real in our lives. In fact, I would step out on a limb this morning, I think a thick one from a biblical perspective, and say, I'm so thankful for nurses and for doctors. A few months ago, I was in the hospital with COVID. So thankful for nurses and doctors. I'm so thankful for, uh, for psychologists. I'm thankful for people that can, can help us and counsel us and, and work, uh, get us to a new place. I'm thankful for AA meetings or for whatever to help people with addiction and help people take steps into what God has for them to be. I'm thankful for group therapy sessions. I'm all of these things. But can I say this morning that all of those things don't mean much unless we base our life on the word of God and let the word change who we are, change our hearts, make us new, so that then the things that God would put in place, we can then take steps in and take strides in. Which means if you have a physical need, I encourage you to go after the word of God, the truth of God. What does the word of God say about your body, about your healing, about your wholeness? Start there. And then let God use doctors. Great, absolutely. If I have issues and I need God's healing in my body, we must come to the word of God, the power of God to bring perfect order from the chaos. Which means today if I'm struggling and I need therapy or I need help or maybe my, my mind or worry or anxiety or depression, I want to encourage you. Get help for sure. But we must start with the word of God and ask the Lord, would you change my heart? Would you change my mind? Would you do your work in me? Because when he changes my heart and my mind, then a group therapy session can be a whole lot more than if I'm just trying to do it on a behavioral way and change my behavior. Let the word of God be who he is because he was in the beginning. This isn't just some little thing, but the God of the universe still loves, cares, and wants to care for you and help you. The word brings perfect order. And could I say that everything else is counterfeit? If I miss the point and I just want things to make me feel better or help me or someone to help me be accountable, but I miss that the word of God is what changes hearts and my heart and my life, then I miss the whole point of following Jesus, of walking with Jesus. And I definitely miss the whole point of Christmas because the word became flesh. There's power in the word. As we continue, we see there's power in his work. Verse 3 through 5, all things that were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There's power in the word and there's power of his work, of what he did, of bringing light into the darkness. And I want to encourage us this morning that this Christmas season, let's not look for all the answers in everything else and even in the fun stuff and the lights and the music and the, whatever you want to throw, the family. But instead, could we let those things be really cool? 
but let's look for our life change in the work and the power of what Jesus did in coming to this earth and making himself flesh, of being a part of humanity and then dying for us and making us new, that now he shines light, his light, the truth into our dark areas, into our dark world. When I think of darkness, maybe you've been in a cave and maybe in uh, one of those situations where they walk you down far into a cave, there's all the lights on and then they flip the switch and all of a sudden it's not dark like in your bedroom at night. It's dark like there's no light. You cannot see anything. You can put your hand or someone else can put their hand right in your face and you cannot see it. And I want you to know that when the power of God, no matter what the darkness level, no matter what you feel, the light has been shined. And when we allow him to shine his light in us, he's already done the work. He's already come. He's already given it all. He's already made creation. He's made you. He's formed you. And now he shines light in the darkness. The word, the logos, has been made flesh. The word is perfect life and light Light cannot lose against darkness. And when we understand the truth of the word, it changes our hearts. Then all of a sudden we realize no matter what happens, no matter what the situation, no matter what comes against me, the light will win. Jesus will win. Because when that flashlight turns on in a dark space or when that, that switch is flipped, darkness goes because the light always wins. Jesus has already done it. There's power in the word there's power in his work. There's power through his revelation. Verses 6 through 13 go on. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Church, there's something about the revelation to realize that this is not light's and even just a manger, and even just a baby some thousands of years ago, but instead, there's been a revelation. God has revealed himself. God wants to reveal himself more and more to us to understand the word of God is everything. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is our salvation. The word of God is all that we need, but we can't be like those at the beginning that did not know him, even though he was among them. We can't have proximity to him and not let the word change our life. We must let God move in us. We must become children of God. And I don't know about anybody else in the room, but I am pretty happy that the God of the universe, for some reason, came, became flesh, came to this earth, and for some reason will call us his children, even in the midst of what we've done or who we are, no matter how good or bad we think, he will call us in. All we have to do is let his revelation become real in our life. And today, if you'd say, I don't know, I don't know if I'm good enough, you're not. You don't have to worry about that. It's not about that. He is good enough. 
He is good enough. He shines his light. He wants to reveal himself to you. Not the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Open your heart to God. Let him reveal himself to you. And everything looks different. Christmas, December 25th, December, but January and February and March, the rest of our lives looks different when the revelation is revealed, when he's revealed to us. The word welcomes you as a child of God. God's sovereign gift is for you this morning. And I couldn't be more pleased personally and as a church that he has come for you. He loves you. He has the best things for you. In the last few verses, the word, the work, the revelation. And as I've been saying, the flesh. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. There's power in the word. There's power in that revelation. There's power in who he is and his work. And there's power in the fact that the God of the universe, the Son of God, Jesus, came to this earth. There's power in knowing that he walked upon this earth just like you and me, that he served God, that he lived, he lived a sinless life. There's power in realizing that his revelation isn't just of some person, but there's power in knowing that the God of the universe walked the earth and John could bear witness. He could talk of him. He could cry out about him. He could say, we have seen his glory. He could say, we've studied, we've looked, we've searched, and his glory is real. His power is real. Who he is is real. And church, when you, every one of you, when every one of us, says, yes, Lord, we, we take you upon your word. We understand and we want your word to change us. We want your word to make us new. We want your word to give us healing who you are. We want your word to make all things new. That's when all of a sudden, I think God in heaven is like, come on, someone's starting to get it. Because it's the word of God. It's not my therapy session or my group time or our small group times even at church. It's the word of God that makes our small group time matter. It's our word of God that makes the therapy session matter. It's the word of God that brings healing. And thankfully, he'll use ways and means and people to help along the journey. But when we get it out of balance and out of order, it's just counterfeit. And this morning, Christmas season, celebrating our kids a few minutes ago, there's power in the word. There's power in the word that was made flesh. Because the word offers perfect grace. Grace upon grace. 
What does that mean? Why, why grace upon grace? In other words, it's not the law. It doesn't just happen once and then you sin and you have to do it again. It's not a, a, a bull that you, you sacrifice and you do it again next time. It's not because it's Jesus came. He's given you grace for all time. Which means there's somebody in the room that you might feel like you've messed up. You might feel like you've wasted it. You might feel like you can't or God can't accept you. And he says there's grace upon grace for you. And if it's the hundredth time you have to come before him, he welcomes you back. He welcomes you and he says you're still my child because he loves you. He cares for you. He died on the cross for you. And John could bear witness to the goodness of God. John could bear witness. In their day, this word becoming flesh for the Greek, for the Jew, that was a big deal. The Greeks, they would have thought of gods, their gods, of Zeus, of Hermes, as just supermen. Not, not God coming to earth. And we can't be like them and think of Jesus as just a superman. No, God came and dwelt among us. The word came and dwelt among us. The word is truth. The Jews would have had a hard time accepting that the great God revealed in the Old Testament could take on a human form. And John says to them, the word of God became flesh. And John, Jesus, God would say to us, the word became flesh. And when we take the word as our full being of who we are, of what we desire, of who we want to be, we let the word be our answer than today anything. You can overcome anything. You can make it through anything. You can see anything take place that God would call you to do and be a part of because the word is everything. The word became flesh. The word offers that perfect grace. And I just want to close with this. We're going to have a moment to cap this in. We'll pray together. But grit comes after granting. And I think so often in our life, we want to try and make it happen and do it in our own strength. We want to put the grit into it, the elbow grease into our life. I've talked a couple times. We want to have the group therapy session, or we want to have the counselor. We want to, do, we want to work hard to make it happen. And I want to encourage you today that God has already granted you the grace. God has already given you what you need. God has already accomplished the healing, the miracle, the work in your life. He already has done it. The granting is what it's all about. And then I want to encourage, once again, if we flip it, let his granting, his grace in your life, let that come first. Let the word come first. And he'll give you the grit to accomplish what you need to accomplish. He'll give you the grit to overcome the situation in your life. He'll give you the grit to fight through. Because sometimes... He gives us the strength to walk through a thing. He doesn't take the thing away. He'll give you the grit. But first, can we let the word of God, can we let that be everything in our life? Because if so, it's a whole lot more fun. It's a whole lot better. Because it's not my strength. It's not your strength. Because I don't know about you, but I think we'd be in trouble if it was just our own personal strength. But it's the granting of the grace and the power and revelation of God, the work of God in your life. It's Him, what He has done in you, that then says, okay, now you put your grip with what I've done. It's not the other way around. And whatever your situation is this Christmas season, whatever your struggle is, maybe what you're just having the best time of your life, whatever it is, can we let the Word that became flesh, that dwelt among us, 
we let his word to us be the foundation of everything we are so that when we throw our grip behind it, it's standing on the power of who he is. This morning, we're going to spend a couple minutes worshiping and just capping this in our life. But before we do, I want us to pray together. In fact, if everyone in the room, if you could just bow your head, close your eyes for a moment. And in fact, maybe this morning, maybe you are here and you've never given your life to Jesus. This word that became flesh, this word that dwelt among us, this word that is here with us in the room today, this word, you've never offered him your life. You've never asked him for forgiveness. I want to encourage you if you've never done that, here in a moment, you're going to have the opportunity. Ushers just came to the front, and in a moment, they're going to turn around, and they're going to come back through the aisle. And all you have to do is we're going to pray, but all you have to do is maybe raise your hand and say, I, I want to know more. If you're here and you want to do that, then they're going to come back in a moment. They'll give you a book, the book of John, that you'll be able to read. You'll be able to study. It'll help you begin this relationship. Or maybe you just want more information. And you say, that's me this morning. We had some, join us, join Jesus in the first service. And maybe you say, I need that above anything else this Christmas season. In fact, if that's you right now, all over this room, our ushers are going to turn around. If you say, that's me, would you just raise your hand? Would you, would you raise your hand and let one of these young men grab you one of these books uh, that you could say, that's me. We're going to pray together. You can go ahead and begin to walk back. If that's you, be sure to catch one of their eyes as they step towards the back. There's nothing better than saying yes to Jesus. There's nothing better than letting his power move over you. I'm going to give it just another few seconds. If that's you this morning, catch their eye, and uh, they would love to give you one of these. Best decision, best decision you can possibly, possibly make. Thank you so much. As a church family this morning, could we pray together? If you just raise your heart, you open your heart to Jesus. Or maybe you've known the Lord your whole life. We're going to pray as one and ask God, help the word become real in my life. Let my life be made on the word. And if you have something in your life this morning that you need to offer to God, that you need to give to God, right now is the moment. Don't do it on your own. Don't do it just with the help of a, a person or the help of a, a philosophy or the help of, of what others might do, what man might do. But would you ask him, Lord, let your word be the foundation of my life. If you would, could we all repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, I love you. I offer you my life. I repent of my sin. And I turn to you with all my heart. Would you, the word, become real to me? Would you, the word, become all I need? Would you change me? Would you mold me? Would you take my problems and my situations and would you make them new? Would you make them whole? We give you all of us for you the word who became flesh to save us to make us new in your name we pray amen and amen come on let's just celebrate the lord for a minute he's so good he's so good all over the room if we could could we just stand to our feet 
We're going to sing the song that we sang last one more time. Take another minute and let the Lord speak to us this morning. There's nothing better, nothing better than letting God, the Word, the Word be real in our life. Let's just turn this into a prayer time here for a moment. Lord, we love you. We thank you that today, Lord, we get to sing of your goodness because we get to walk in your goodness. Lord, we're thankful that we're not doing this in our own grit, in our own way, but on your granting, on your grace. So as we walk today, this week, in the power of the word, in the power of you, Jesus, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And Lord, I ask that every person in this room would go empowered by you, Holy Spirit, to make a difference, to make a change, to see someone's life transformed because we're willing to say yes. We're willing to say yes to you, Jesus. We're willing to let your word, who you are, Jesus, for you to change us, to mold us, to make us. The logos, the word, so we stand upon. Lord, I pray once again for those maybe that have a need, a physical need, uh, something in their mind, in their relationships, in their job, whatever it would be. Lord, I pray that you, Lord Jesus, the Lagos, the word that became flesh, that you would come, that you would make well, you would make whole, that you would restore, that you would make new, that you would supply a job, you would supply whatever it is this morning. Lord, that you would blow us away. Lord Jesus, with the granting, with your granting. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you and we praise you this morning. You are so, so good. Church, this week, let's Go in all that God has for us. Nothing better. Thank you so much for being here this morning. What a great time together. As the Rad Fam, as we get to worship Jesus this week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a Merry Christmas.